0: Hey, yo, little homie, come over here. Let me tell you a story. Hey, today, I'm going to be talking about the storyteller. Because if it wasn't for that guy, we'd still be banging our heads up against the same wall. Stories. Man, I, I love a good story. I love a good story, and I love a good quote. I learned that the first story... ...was written in a cave 36,000 years ago. And minds that are much more brilliant than mine... ...hypothesize that... ...that story being drawn on the cave... ...was a story of a volcanic eruption. So imagine that that caveman... ...him and his cave family... He's like, hey, this this looks like a good place to settle down. I got, you know, everything I need. I got a river right here. I got a... uh, I got a... I got some woolly mammoth that I can hunt over there. Lots of things for my... Wife to forage. I can go do my hunting. This place looks perfect. And all of a sudden the ground starts shaking. Fire starts coming out of the... Out of the ground. Smoke. Fire. Volcanic eruption. And he's all just like, oh hell no. This place isn't everything that I imagined it to be. I better warn the other people. So what did he do? He went inside to a cave. And he warned others about a volcanic e- eruption. Hey, hey, buddy, there's a, you are setting up your home next to a volcano. Beware. And so the person who came after him saw those writings on the cave and he's like, Oh, hell no, I'm not going to be setting up shop here. I don't care that I have all of the amenities. This place looks great. If it wasn't next to a volcano... So thank thank God for that first cave-dwelling caveman who told his story about the living situations. And ever since then, we have been continuing on the path of telling stories because that's how we understand how the world works. Imagine if nobody told their stories... Imagine if everyone just died with all their knowledge and wisdom. They just hoarded everything they ever learned about how the world works. About the pitfalls. About the obstacles. About overcoming the obstacles. They were just like, nope. I'm keeping all this information for myself. Good luck, future generations. And then they just die. And the people surrounding them are just like, well... I guess we're going to have to figure this out on our own. And then they figure it out, and then they die. And the people surrounding that person are, are like, Well, since he never taught it, taught me anything, never told me any stories, I guess I'll, I'll have to go figure it out for myself. And then they figure it out, and then they die. And that cycle continues of just learning, hoarding the information never sharing your story, never passing on the torch of knowledge and wisdom and insight and just dying with the individual. I'm telling you, we would all still be cavemen. But luckily, God has blessed those storytellers who are brave enough to pass on everything that they have learned so that the future generations do not have to beat their heads into the wall, doing the same stupid things. We got better to, better things to do. So thank God for those campfire storytelling shaman of the past that had led us out of the wilderness into a more sophisticated, civilized world. Without a doubt, we have all been shaped ...by stories that the world has come to know... ...by stories that our friends have have told us... ...stories that our parents told us... ...stories that our culture has told us... ...all of those stories, they've all shaped us into who, who we are today. All of the gems have been sussed out of the shit creek of people's lives... And those cautionary tells, hey, there, those there's something to learn there as well. You don't need to have it all figured out. You can tell a story about what doesn't work. And then hopefully uh, people will heed that story and not, not do exactly what you did. Maybe you were just a little bit off. Hey, if you would have uh, went left when you were supposed to have gone right down your particular journey or story... That would have led you into success. But hey, you know what? That's just not your destiny. Your destiny is just to push mankind forward. A lot of people think that they don't have anything to say. They don't have any, any stories. They don't have anything valuable. And you know what? Maybe on the surface level, it may not seem that way. But if you dig a little bit deeper... There is the moral and virtues and values that you have implemented that led you hopefully to a better place and position. What stories do you want your children to know? What stories have you been through that could lead someone to a better tomorrow? We all have those stories that can make someone a little bit more aware, insightful, uh, a deeper understanding of of how the world works. Man, and then you're just not gonna try to figure that out. You're not gonna try to figure out your story and share it with someone. And that uh, you're you're a hoarder of knowledge of and insight and of wisdom. Crazy. There was a a notable man named Victor Frankel. And Viktor Frankl, I believe he was a psychologist, and he just happened to be a Jew at the time that Adolf Hitler came into power, which rounded up all the Jews and sent them to the Holocaust. So, Viktor Frankl wrote of his experience, wrote of his story, and he had a unique perspective Considering that he was a psychologist and he was able to analyze not only himself But the his fellow Jews and he was also able to to analyze the guards that who as of Yesterday they were his friends They were his grocers. They were his librarians. They were you know, they, they were members of his community But because Hitler, he was able to rise to power and brainwash people. Um, Mm -hmm. People who were yesterday, his friends, are now throwing babies in rivers, killing women and children, and just committing all types of atrocities. And Viktor Frankl wrote wrote his book, and he has all, all types of interesting insight. You know, you wish things... Didn't happen his way. But for whatever reason. They were allowed to happen. And I, I don't know. That, that answer is much bigger than. What I can understand. And figure out. Um, but. he Victor Frankl has a lot of. Interesting insight. Uh, he shared his story. And one of the. The nuggets of wisdom. That he was able to. Walk away with. And a lot of brilliant minds agree, based on the stories that were collected throughout human history. Viktor Frankl said that within every single man is a line between good and dark. A line between goodness and darkness. A line between good and evil. And we think that we would never commit those types of atrocities of, you know, doing what the Nazis did. But he also says that, hey, um, we will never be able to understand what forces were working against them until we have those forces working against us that are saying, hey, if you don't go out and, you know, kill this particular bunch of people, then we're going to kill your family. So it's either you die or they die. That's the interesting story, right? As virtuous and holy and right minded, we think that we are until we're faced with certain extreme measures that have high consequences of choosing one or the other. We'll never know how we're going to act. We can speculate. Man, that that's that's interesting. And you know what? Because that story has been told. Hey, maybe you could uh, you could soften your heart a little bit more for people who are put in crappy situations that you can never fully comprehend because you're not presented with that situation. Hey, thank God for that. Thank God for the storytellers. There's a lot of incredible stories out there. Uh, there's a story of Booker T. Washington started out a little slave boy. An illiterate, poverty-stricken, multi-generational family that was just born into slavery. Right? So, follow me. Booker T. Washington, illiterate slave boy, just happened to be born at the time the Emancipation Proclamation was enacted by Abraham Lincoln and Booker T. Washington, who rose to prominence. Booker T. Washington was able to uplift his community in the South and the the blacks in general up from poverty, up from illiteracy, up from being uneducated. And he eventually parlayed his slavery and freedom into speaking in before kings, queens, being presidential advisors, being... Um, he, was, he was helpful to multiple presidents. He had a relationship with them. But before that, as I mentioned, Booker T. Washington said that he was an illiterate, poverty-stricken slave boy and he was telling a story about how one day there was a buzz going on about how the civil war the south was starting to lose and the north was starting to win the south wanted to keep slavery the north wanted you know uh freedom and he recalls how some white men dressed up in in military gear came and read him and his slaves that were on the plantation inside the big house the big house is where is where the white people lived and there they were all all the slaves on the plantation in the big house and some military man was reading a document which booker t washington didn't understand because man that emancipation proclamation try just try saying the title of that document 5 times fast that's a tongue a tongue twister so you can imagine all of the words that that document had that was just way over his head. After he was uh, that, that white man was done reading it, Booker T. Washington turns to his mama and says, Mama, what does that mean? And she said, Baby, we are free. Freedom has come. Let that soak in for a second. Imagine... Imagine that. Imagine being a little slave boy. Don't even know how to read. And you know, prior to that, Booker T. Washington set the table on how deep his poverty was. And man, it was deep. He just, he essentially lived in a hen house. His bed was made of dirty rags. And he equated his meals being given to him as, ...as a dumb farm animal would be given their meals. You know, like say if you have a, I don't know, some dumb farm animal, you just come and give them slop back in the days. There wasn't no SPCA, you know, fighting for animal rights. You just throw some slop on the ground and they come slop it up. And that's how Booker T. Washington was given his meals... He also shared the story that he he didn't know who his father was. But if you were to look at an image of Booker T Washington, he look he has some some type of white facial features. Fascinating stuff because it's speculated that when his mother was acquired by um by his slave master that it was uncommon for the slave masters to have their way with the, with the slaves. And as a result of that, Booker T. Washington was born. He never knew his father. Speculation that his father was white. And, you know, fa- fascinating stuff. So once, once again, man, his, his mother was just taken advantage of. So Booker T. Washington, born into trauma, slavery, poverty, uneducated parlayed his freedom into the highest of highs. He started a school. How does an illiterate, poverty-stricken, slave boy start a school? And not only start a school, he started a school and then incrementally built that school up ...into where it is one of the most prominent colleges of today. Go look up Tuskegee College in Alabama. Booker T. Washington built that. Man, incredible! I listened to that audiobook ...about two years ago... ...and then serendipitously listened to a podcast by Jocko Willanick... ...and he was... Covering that that book and as he was reading it it fired me back up so I was like you know what I'm gonna purchase this book I'm gonna read it again and I'm gonna meticulously go through it with a highlighter and I'm gonna highlight all of these gems and then I'm gonna talk about Booker T. Washington, his highlights and lowlights of his life, and I'm gonna I'm gonna teach them to my son. Because the moral of his story... Man, there's so many ways you can slice it. So many perspectives you can look at it. But one of the, the gripping ways that it grips me... Is that... Whenever I feel that... You know, life is stacked up against me. Things are so hard. I got it so bad. Wow... Right? My job that pays me good money and gives me medical benefits and coverage and supplies me a, a, a livable wage. Well, it's so tough. It isn't Booker T. Washington's slave boy tough. Man, I know how to read. Booker T. Washington had to teach himself how to read after working a full grown man's day in a dark coal mine wow that little boy sheesh incredible there was a story that booker t washington was writing about in his autobiography how his job was to go and feed the horses after every single single work shift and he'd have to walk I don't know what it said. A long, a long ways through a, through a forest. And you know what? There wasn't, there wasn't uh, nice trails to walk through. You know, who knows? I'm gonna speculate. But he had to walk through a forest. But in the south, the Southern Confederates, they were starting to retreat from the battlefront, and they were taking the same path as Booker T. Washington had to go walk. To uh, go feed his, his, ho- his horses. And he recalls how terrifying. It was for him to. Sometimes walk that dark forest at night. Because there were stories that. He was told of. To warn little black slaves. About what lurks in the night. And guess what lurked in the night. Angry confederate soldiers. That were looking to kill. Newly freed slave boys. Man, but he still had to go do his job. Otherwise, if he didn't, guess what was waiting for him at the big house? An ass whooping. And not just a regular ass whooping. Oh, just go on to TV and you can look at some of these, these beatings slaves got. Hey, turns out my life's not so bad after all, right? That'll That'll put things into perspective. There's so many awesome stories that I plan to share and re- and recall about Booker T. Washington that I, I, I would be able to talk about him for a long time. One more story before I go. Booker T. Washington, once again, a newly freed slave boy, and now he has potential. Hey, just because slavery was lifted, it, it you know, for him back in the day, didn't mean that life was all peachy. He recalled that after the Emancipation Proclamation was read to him, there was an outburst of happiness, and they were celebrating. But that that quickly recited subsided into, you know, fear, because with freedom, now comes responsibility. Dang. Remember back, back in the day when you were a teenager and you were like, man, I'm going to go run away. You would get mad at your parents. I'm going to go run right away, mom. And then you would pack a little bag and, and your parents, they, they would play into it. They'd be like, all right, go ahead. Go run away. You'd walk out the door with your little bag and you'd be like, man, where the hell am I going to go? What am I going to do for money? I don't have no, no skills. That's exactly how the slaves felt. For the first time in their entire lives, responsibility was placed in the laps of every single individual. And responsibility is heavy. They were now going to have to bargain for wages. They were going to have to look for a place to live. And you know what? A lot of these slaves, they were older. They were older and, you know, weak. There, was, there were some old slaves. And what were they going to do? Their, their hard-working labor days were behind them. Regardless, freedom was for everybody now. So, Booker T. Washington, uh, he, he continued to work at the plantation along with his family for a little while, but now as freed slaves. And Booker T. Washington caught word of a school that was going to be starting for blacks, for, for Negroes. But that school was 500 miles away. How is he going to get there? Well, he to make a long story short, he did. It wasn't easy. He had to raise some money. He had to save his money. And when he was... When he was granted the privilege to buy a seat on some covered wagon... When night came, the covered wagon, they would go into town and they would pull up at a at a hotel. And he would try to buy a room in these hotels... But guess what happened? He was denied, denied entrance into the hotel. So what did that little illiterate slave, newly freed slave boy do? He wandered the town and when everyone went to bed in that town and there was no one looking, he crawled underneath a, a sidewalk. But it was like more like a, a, a boardwalk type deal where there's planks of wood. He crawled underneath there and used his bag as a pillow. And he said pretty much he froze his ass off. Man, a little boy traveling 500 miles by himself. He ended up running out of money very soon. Hey, but he ended up getting there. Beautiful story. I recommend the book. Booker T. Washington... Up from slavery. Thank God for men like that. Thank God that he told his story. And that his story is going to be told for the rest of time. Awesome story. And you know what? You don't need to be a Booker T. Washington in order to to share your story. You don't need to go through slavery. You don't need to, um, you know... Be a king or a queen or a knight. Just share your story. Figure yourself out. We all have a story. We all have a song. We all have a poem. And if you could sort yourself out to where you have the most truest, accurate form and depiction of your life, hey, that's power. And you know what? Because God's word is truth and when you truthfully find your story you start to become closer to God, man. You start to figure yourself out. And the Bible says the truth shall set you free. Wow, what are we doing now? Seems like the, you know, telling the story, telling a truthful story is a lot more than just ...telling a story, you're going to be set free. Dang, talk about bang for your buck. But you know what? Because it is hard, difficult... ...and the truth is heavy... ...and burdensome... ...and coarse... ...and harsh and bright... ...truth is that heavy lift... ...that can snap the backs of the weak men... ...because it's so hard... ...and because it takes focus... And solitude. And quietness. Being alone with ourselves. That's tough. But when you think about it, how is being alone with yourself tough? Right? It's tough because we're not used to it. We're so distracted. There's so many things that we're being bombarded with. Here's a word for you. Extraneous. Cacophony extraneous is all of the extra noise like you know say if you're you're um if you're trying to do your work in a rock concert you're like man because you're not there to see a rock concert and because you're there to focus and do some work that 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 face melting guitar solo is extraneous noise it prevents you from, from hearing yourself. So hey, here's a, here's another thing. Go, go spend some time by yourself, and think about your story. Think of you don't need to figure it all out. Just one little aspect, one little story that you feel can that shaped you, that formed you. What what's one little nugget of wisdom that made something click in your life? Now, sort that out and man, share a story. And that's one of these things that I plan to do with this podcast gathering strength. To gather, you, you, you need a. To gather is a verb. You go out and do that, you gather. And I'm. What am I gathering? Strength. I'm gonna need some muscles for that. Financial strength. Mental strength, spiritual strength. I'm not just talking about barbell curls and deadlifts. I'm talking about emotional intelligence, financial intelligence, spiritual intelligence, mental fortitude, resilience, the art of being imperturbable, unfuckwittable. So until we meet again, figure out your story, and until then, onwards, always onwards.